Hi, welcome to an episode of Waking the Musician with Aiden Jenkins. So, last episode we talked about um, Nevermind by Nirvana, one of my all-time favorite albums and massively inspiring for me, especially um, Dave Grohl as a musician. Um, And so Nirvana kind of got me into, like, I started with Black Sabbath going all the way back, and Nirvana was me coming through chronologically up to the 90s. And then I wanted to kind of go back to metal because Nirvana's grunge, and it wasn't really what I desired to listen to as much as the screaming and the Avenged Sevenfold style of metal that I like. And so um, there were a couple big bands when you first get into metal, and Slipknot is one of them. They're one of the um, biggest bands of all time. Their um, newest album comes out tomorrow, the end so far, and I have the box set pre-ordered, and I'm really excited about it. Um, But back to that Kmart CD bin where I found Avenged Sevenfold, I also found Antennas from Hell. It's a compilation album, and I really like compilation albums because you kind of get the best songs regardless of which album they're on. And compilation albums are just created to please the fans. The band doesn't really pick the songs that are on the compilation albums. It's just like which ones the fans like the most. And um, so I got that and put it into my CD player at home, and it's a lot heavier than Avenged Sevenfold was. There's about twice as much screaming. Um, no, like, dual guitar solos and that kind of stuff, but just heavy, lower-tuned, faster drums, and multiple percussionists. Um, Corey Taylor is an amazing vocalist, especially um, on the songs on that album because it includes a lot from, like, live stuff, and um, they're one of my favorite bands, and I'd love to see them live, and I probably will get to at some point. Um, But that album inspired me to just be like, how heavy can I make my music? But I still wanted to keep it melodic like they do. Like, it's not just, like, screaming, and it's not just, like, let's play as fast as we can play. They're still playing, like, really technical parts with awesome melodies. And then they have some slower songs, too, which are awesome, like Vermilion Part 2 is acoustic and slower, um, but then Vermilion Part 1 is still really heavy. Um, Slipknot's one of my favorite bands of all time, and I'll probably end up talking about them a lot because they are probably in my top three main inspirations between Avenged Sevenfold, Slipknot, and Tool. Top three for me. Um... Slipknot is going on tour with Avenged Sevenfold in Brazil, I believe, and I wish I could go to that, but unfortunately, I can't. Um, and then I walked into a music store one day in Fort Collins um, to buy my friend a guitar for his birthday because he always wanted to get into music, and we share a mutual love for Slipknot. And so I walked into that used guitar store 
and found him a little red Ibanez for a hundred bucks that I bought him. It's a great um, guitar, especially for a beginner. It really fuels you to start playing. And then um, I looked over on the other wall and there was a Mick Thompson signature guitar, but it wasn't just a signature guitar. It was also signed on the um, control panel cover on the back by Mick Thompson himself. And um, that was the day my bank account died because I bought it, and it's awesome. It's, um, it was my first experience with um, active pickups, and they just have a completely different sound than I was used to. It, They work great for metal. They're not really what I want to use in my band, but they're still fun to play with because you can get, like, I guess, better sustain. And it just adds a different tonality to it. They're a little brighter and spankier. And you can definitely hear it come across in the Slipknot songs, which are, like, if I want to play a Slipknot song, I pick up that guitar because you have to. It's a little beat up, but... It's awesome, and he's just a genius with designing his guitars because he's actually, like, um, really smart in the design process, and it's not just the guitar company that he's working with. He's also doing it himself and figuring out what works and what doesn't, and this guitar has an asymmetrical neck shape, so it's kind of like a reverse teardrop kind of thing to where... um, Behind the thicker strings, the neck is actually thicker, and behind the thinner strings, the neck is ac- the neck is actually thinner. So it's really fast for playability, even though it's a painted neck, and you can just shred on that thing. It's just one of my favorite guitars of all time, and um, Mick Thompson has become a huge inspiration for me. And Slipknot actually recorded some album documentaries that I've watched. And I take from that, that's how I learn how to record, is I watch other bands do it that I like and see what their process is in recording and in writing and even in mixing. Mick Thompson has an awesome guitar tone along with Jim Root. They both complement each other very well with their amp choices and cab choices. And they both have signature stuff at this point, which I hope to get one day. I mean, I have my own signature guitar that I built with my uncle, and it's exactly what I want in a guitar because I designed it and chose like what woods I wanted and what pickups I wanted in the shape in the body design and it's my favorite guitar of all time because it's mine and it's personal to me and there's only one in the world um but for guitar amps I haven't fig- quite figured out what I want in tone wise there's a couple amps that I'm looking at buying but For me, it's just about the versatility because I'm going to be playing clean parts as well as distorted parts. And I mean, like, Eddie Van Halen's 5150 that he designed had a great high-gain part, but the clean channel just sucked. It totally lacked in the cleans because it was just made for shredding, basically. Um, The Mick Thompson was designed... uh, The Mick Thompson amp, the Rivera Knucklehead was designed to be like a 5150 with a good clean channel and it holds up and it doesn't get chubby in the top end 
uh, in the low end because he specifically designed the cabs because he plays like seven strings and he plays like drop A, which is insanely low. And most guitars and most guitar amps would just literally fall apart. The screws would rattle off and there would be nothing left at the end of the show, even the end of the song. And I basically got massively inspired by Slipknot lyrically they're not what I was going for but vocally I like the screams and guitar playing it's just brilliant and their uh, late drummer Joey Jordison is probably my in my top three drummers of all time um I actually started making slipknot masks out of duct tape in plastic bags with my friend Ty um when we were in middle school and continued that on um, for a while, just trying to build up our technique because we really liked the fact that Slipknot wears masks. And they change them out for every album cycle, and they're always really cool. They came out with new ones recently, haven't made those yet. But we basically just were like, they use plaster and stuff, and we can't afford that, so let's get some duct tape and try to make the same thing. And we made it work, and it was pretty cool. Um... We haven't done that in a while, but it's really fun to, like, mimic other bands as a way of learning. It helps you as a musician, and it helps you figure out what you want to do, just, like, style-wise. And it helps with your vision musically. And, um, yeah, I... This has been an episode of Waking the Musician, talking about Nevermind and Antennas to Hell.